Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Hello and welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you today. Today's episode is an encore presentation. Some of the best calls and stories that we've had uh, in the past year or so. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some great ghost stories. If you have a real ghost story you'd like to share with us, call in anytime, 855-853-4802. Or, of course, you can write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. If you're itching for a brand new episode you may have never heard and you're not an EPP yet, sign up to be an EPP at realghoststoriesonline.com. That will get you secured with about 23 bonus episodes right in your inbox right after you sign up. It's only five bucks a month. Support keeps our show alive. Not bad, eh? So uh, check that out. Support the show. For now, though, enjoy this encore presentation of Real Ghost Stories Online. Real Ghost Stories Online. Hi, you guys. This is Elizabeth, the um, <clears throat> excuse me, the nurse on the Alzheimer's unit. Um, I did not get a transfer. I want to thank you guys. I just I finally heard um, my last my last uh, message that I sent you guys and. I'm almost kind of embarrassed because I, I sound like a chicken. But um, like I said, I didn't get the transfer that I was looking for. Um, for some reason, they said I would have it. And then, I don't know, so, rumor is it's because nobody else will keep my shit. Um, so I haven't been listening to the podcast for a while. I actually, I stopped listening to anything paranormal after that night. I was just terrified absolutely terrified and I thought maybe listening to this was like encouraging it or maybe it was you know tricking my mind you know because I'm I'm thinking of paranormal or I'm listening you know to things about ghosts that maybe I'm uh you know spooking myself out whatever um so I stopped listening to that you know and I stopped listening to the show and it was kind of you know I I love the show I really do but um That didn't help. That didn't help at all. It doesn't matter if I'm listening to this show or podcast about, I don't know, unicorns and puppies. It doesn't matter. I'm still, you know, experiencing things. Um, But I'm not as scared. Um, I haven't had anything as serious as last time uh, as far as something calling my name happened. And it almost feels like it didn't happen. If that makes sense, like my mind is, has tricked myself into believing, yeah, yeah, maybe that didn't happen. Um, but the occurrences and and everything, it, they're still there. Um, they're they're pretty frequent. Um, a lot of times, I like to just keep going 
with my work because I do I do have to take care of my residents. I do have to make sure that they're safe and well taken care of. Um, I've spoken to other nurses on different floors and I've talked about it and everybody there's you know there was this nurse that's been there like 20 years and she was like oh yeah it's so and so and and uh yeah they you know it has to be this person because this person died and then you know so everybody has an experience and everybody thinks it's somebody else so i don't i don't know how that works but um so after that night um i had a couple days off I, like I said, I thought I was getting a transfer. Then at the last minute they said, no, you can't have a transfer because you haven't been here six months or whatnot. And, uh, anyway, um, so <clears throat> when I came back, I just, I kind of just shut it out. Like I said, I didn't listen to anything paranormal. I was just like, no, I'm not doing anything like that. And for a couple days, you know, everything was good. I thought, you know. Okay, well, it must have been in my head. Uh, one day I was coming out of the elevator, and there, you know, the elevator, it's got a sharp corner. So if somebody's walking down the hall, you could see their shadow. So I'm coming in uh, from the elevator, you know, walking down a unit to go into my unit, and I see a shadow. And it's, it's no big deal because you would see something like that, you know, people are coming into work. It's fine. Um, as I turned the corner, I was fully expecting to see somebody there, and lo and behold, nothing was there. I mean, it stopped me in my tracks, and I was like, oh, no, here we go again. And I almost felt like, you know, like, oh, man, it's still here. Like, that, that, that just that, that sinking feeling, like that heartbreak feeling, if you will. Um, but, but, well, maybe it's just the lighting, whatever. I recently didn't pass away. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to say it's the resident because I don't believe that they're there. I just think that maybe it feeds off that energy that's released when someone's passed. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not an expert, obviously. Um, but I have evidence. <laughs> I'm going to email you guys. Thank you for... Um, helping out and it makes me feel good to know that there is some sort of outlet where I can vent this without being judged because trust me when I tell like my family they look at me like mm, yeah 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 uh some anyway uh thank you for everything and I will be listening well, thank you, Elizabeth, for calling and giving us that update. We were wondering how things were going, and we were hoping you were going to get that transfer, but maybe not yet, but I'd try again. Um, and I can understand not listening to us, thinking maybe that would help. It was an easy thing to try, um, but I don't know that listening to us would in, you know, increase any activity so in that theory you know not listening to us i don't think would decrease any activity well it pretty much is guaranteed if you stop listening to us you're going to be haunted um there's this we've made this silent (laughs) pact with ghosts and all sorts of entities out there and the agreement is uh, as long as you listen you should be good but if you stop listening it's the ghost mafia yeah pretty much uh all hell breaks loose you're the ghost father exactly real 
Ghost Stories Online. Valerie writes in, hi, Tony and Jen. 27 years ago, when my husband and I were newly married and living in a duplex, a family friend offered to let us rent a home she owned in a rural area of the town we still happen to live in. Naturally, we jumped at the offer. Being newlyweds, we didn't own much, so moving didn't take much time. When we told my husband's father of the location, he was concerned because he used to go by that house during his work day and said it always gave him an uneasy feeling. That Halloween night in 1987, we invited over a couple we were friends with. We decided to have a seance and try to make contact with a friend who was recently killed in a car accident. We asked for a sign and immediately heard a loud thump in one of the back rooms. We instantly stopped the seance and checked the room. Nothing was moved. We put the incident behind us. Then nine days later, an event occurred that changed our beliefs forever. On November 9th, early in the morning, my husband got up to use the bathroom. In the doorway of the bathroom stood a young boy, about eight years old. Wondering how the young child got in, I heard my husband ask, What is your name? Who are you? No answer came. He just kept staring at my husband. So we turned the light on and the boy just disappeared. Well, this shook us up and we immediately contacted our landlord. She explained that her son, who committed suicide on the property, was the original builder of this home. She said the description of the ghost sounded like how her son looked around the age of eight. She also went on to tell us more history connected to the home. She said her other son used to have parties in the house. At one of those events, a young lady died of a drug overdose in the same room we heard the thump during our seance. Soon after, we hightailed it out of there. Our landlord, who was Catholic, had two local priests rent the home from her. They only stayed two weeks. During their daily home mass, they heard scratching noises at the front door. The priest didn't even ask for reimbursement for their unused rental time. We found out a few years after the priest left the property uh, that a young single mother who was renting this wicked house ended up hanging herself from the front yard basketball hoop. Her body was discovered by the mailman. To this day, my husband and I occasionally drive by the house out of curiosity, making sure we have the doors locked and the windows rolled up. My husband and I are now paranormal investigators. This experience has compelled us to find answers. We've captured EVPs. One in particular is amazing. Please let me know if you want us to send you a copy of the spectacular EVP that we captured. I'm up for hearing a spectacular EVP. Always. Me I, too. I need the spectacular ones because I'm not good at deciphering the unspectacular ones. Yeah. So if it's spectacular, send it our way. I know this experience we had may sound like something out of a horror film, but I can assure you that every detail is true. Thank you and take care. Forgot to include a few details regarding the story of the little boy in the doorway my husband encountered. The small boy did look like flesh and blood. He was solid looking, and my husband could see him well because he had a sort of illumination coming from behind him. Also, the landlord said that this house was struck by lightning twice. The second uh, strike resulted in a house fire that destroyed the living room and garage. Really enjoy your show. Keep up the great work. That's a lot to happen in one house. Mm -hmm. And not just to one particular family. You know, it seems like it's, it's plaguing whoever comes in the door. 
That's scary. I can deal with a haunted house if there's like some sort of entity. It's another thing if it's like it's cursing every person who walks through the door. Yeah. You know, that's just very unsettling, especially. Oh, the pro- what happened to the last time? Oh, they died? Well, they died here, too. No, the one previous to that? They're dead. Yeah. Okay. And it's all like really dark, you know, suicide, hanging from the basketball hoop. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. That's. Could so, you imagine being the mailman? No. I mean, self inflicted, yes, but what drove them to those things? things right you know that's that's the really disturbing part so no i can't imagine being the mailman i imagine mailmen see a lot of that shit think so um the ones that actually have to go to the houses the thing is so many a lot of them you know now that's like here it's like the end of a cul-de-sac and there's a box and he just throws shit in there and puts it in the wrong box then has to deal with i have to complain about him well we have the world's worst mailman yeah he threatened me once that was fun he came on our property into our backyard and threatened you yeah it was he was a genuinely kind individual (laughs) because i wasn't able i wasn't answering the door to sign because you were in the backyard i was in the backyard playing with our kids yeah, that was uh, that was uh, a dandy. And then when I called the postal service to say, um, yeah, I'm going to demand that you fire this man because uh, he seems rather uh, unstable. Uh, they still didn't fire him. Well, we'll talk to him about it. And they talked to him about it. They said that he wasn't allowed to come on our property anymore, which I thought was kind of a given. Um and he wasn't allowed to deliver uh, packages to our door. They had to have someone actually specially come out. And they did do that for a while. We have a new mail person, though. We do? Last few times I've seen the mail person, it's now a mail lady. Oh. And that might be why that they're not doing that anymore. Oh, and that also explains why the mail is correct. We're not missing things anymore. Yeah. What would happen to him? Real Ghost Stories Online. Hey, guys. My name's Andrew. I'm calling from Montreal, Quebec. First of all, I'm a huge fan of the show. I first started listening about four months ago, and I've been hooked. Uh, I think I've caught up to almost everything that you guys have ever recorded. been on the YouTube channels. You guys are doing a great job, so it's fantastic. Thank you so much for doing what you do. Um, I have a story that I haven't told many people Um uh, given just listening to the show itself has given me the courage to actually speak up about it uh, just from hearing what other people have had the courage to actually do and talk about it on the air and um, I decided I'm going to let you guys know uh, the one and only time that something has happened to me supernatural um, I first moved out when I was 17 years old I was living on my own with an elderly lady it was in a duplex so she lived in the bottom half of the duplex and I lived upstairs she was 80 years old, um, a friend of a friend of the family's type of thing. Uh, she was 80 years old, but she had so much energy, and she was amazing to be around, and I really just fell in love with her from the first day I met her before I actually moved in with her. Just because for an 80-year-old, she acted like she was 60, and it was great. She would just walk everywhere, do her own groceries, and you know, so active and so full of life. Um, so when the opportunity came for me to move out and I moved in with her, I was incredibly happy. I thought it was going to be really cool. Even though I had my own place and whatnot, I thought, uh, you know, I'd be able to help her out with groceries and everything. So, uh, I moved in there and for the first, you know, three, four months, everything was perfect. Things was going well. I wouldn't see her very much. Uh, I would see her in passing as I'm going out to work. I was pretty active at the time too, doing a lot of jogging, exercising, a lot more than I'm doing now. 
But uh, I was pretty active and, um, you know, a lot of work, a lot of long hours. Um, and then I'd get home and go out jogging, go out biking, whatnot, keep myself active. Uh, after about four months, uh, I started coming home from work around 6 p.m., and I would be exhausted, just like completely exhausted from the time I stepped in the front door. Uh, it was like the time I stepped into my apartment, I was just like, oh, my God, I'm completely tired. And I would just sit on the couch, turn on the TV, and I would pass out, completely out until the next morning. I wouldn't even make it to my bed. My alarm clock on my phone would go off, and I would wake up at about, you know, 7 in the morning, and I'd be like, what happened last night? I didn't even eat supper. You know, I'd wake up super hungry and just tired still, even though I just passed out for about 12 hours, but I'm still just exhausted. And this went on for about a month, and um, I started to tell a friend about it at work. He was another guy um, that I'd known for a long time. And just a little background, we're all from the West Indies, so technically I'm from, my parents are from Guyana, which is in South America, but it's part of the Caribbean, so it's part of the West Indies. Uh, The lady I'm living with, she's from Trinidad, which is also part of the Caribbean and the West Indies, and this guy I used to work with, he's also Trinidad, which is also from the West Indies. So I started telling him about it, he's just like, he was really into supernatural stuff and whatnot but he was just at that point we were just like he, you know he's bringing me to the pharmacy and telling me to get some vitamins and you know all that stuff so that's what I was doing just trying to eat healthier get some vitamins wasn't helping um, two more months went by and the same thing was happening to me I would just pass out every single night sometimes I would have plans with friends on a Friday night and I wouldn't even make it out because I would just get home thinking I'm going to change, but as soon as I step in the front door, I would literally just want to just sit on the couch. The couch just drew me towards it, and I just wanted to sit on the couch, turn on the TV, and before I knew it, I was out. As much as I tried to stay awake, I tried coffee, tried green tea. I tried to eat a few times before I sat on the couch. It didn't really work very well because I would wake up the next morning about 12, 13 hours later, and I'd have that same plate of food just sitting right in front of me, maybe having two bites taken out of it. Um, so I thought this was getting really, really strange, and uh, I, I wanted to go to a doctor to get this checked out. So I told my friend at work about this, and I'm like, I'm going to go to the doctor, man. I'm going to take like half a day off and go to the doctor. And he's like, yeah, that's that's a good idea because something's definitely wrong, you know. So we were loading boxes. My job was working in a stockroom at the time. And we were loading boxes onto a higher shelf. And I was reaching up, really reaching to hand him a box. And then he's like, well, what the hell is that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, that's right under your arm, on your armpit. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? So I looked, and it was kind of hard to see in the light. So I'm like, I don't really see much it just it looks like my skin he's like no 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 let's let's go to the bathroom so he went to the bathroom where the light was really bright and uh he's like lift up your arm check out this and i lifted up my arm and there was something in the form right next to my armpit under my arm it was in the form of two lips it looked like a bite mark but there wasn't any puncture wounds but it was perfectly formed as if there was a top lip and a bottom lip. And it was all black and blue. And it doesn't hurt if I touched it. It didn't itch or anything. But it was there. And I was completely freaked out. I was like, what 
hell is that? And it doesn't look like anything that could have been like, you know, a bug or whatnot. It looks like a perfectly formed human top lip and a human bottom lip. So I was just kind of like, what is that? Maybe I hit my arm somewhere and this just happened. And my friend's face just completely went white. And he, he just completely started to tell me the story, which brought back so many memories of stuff that my grandfather, um, both of my grandfathers uh, used to tell me when they were still alive. But he was telling me the story about uh, this old folklore that they had going on back in the West Indies in Trinidad and Guyana back in the day. About uh, in Guyana, they used to call it a fire ass. In Trinidad, they used to call it a sukunya. Basically, the story is about an older person um, who lives off of the life force of younger active people to keep themselves going and keep themselves active. And the story is based on at nighttime, they perform a ritual and then they basically shed their skin and turn into either it differs between all the countries um, even Jamaica has one as well a story based on the same thing but it differs in between they actually become invisible or they become a ball of light and they find their target uh, which they usually scoped out from before and what they do is they when the person's sleeping they suck the life force out of that person to keep themselves healthy and young um, in North American terms I guess well, not that I guess. Uh, it's actually very close to what a succubus would be. Uh, it's almost exactly the same. So when he started telling me this uh, story and what the bite mark looks like, uh, it completely freaked me out because it brought back all these memories of these stories I used to hear when I was a kid. And I was a huge fan of my grandfather's telling me these old paranormal stories and folk tales and whatnot. So I started to get really freaked out. So him being the quotations paranormal expert <laughs> that he was he uh came back home with me that day and he started to light incense all over my home um he told me to you know uh we went out to the grocery store we got a bunch of lemons juiced them all and uh he's like you have to clean everything in your home well almost everything mostly the floors and just like you know bed and whatnot with like lemon water uh and just keep it that way and keep lighting incense every night. Apparently incense drives them off. They don't like the smell. They don't like any strong smells. So like lemon water, incense, things like that will keep them away. So I started doing that um, for the first three or four days and I noticed uh, that things started to feel better. Like I would get home and I wouldn't want to just sit on the couch and I wouldn't want to just watch TV. I just actually had the energy to actually do my dishes and do my laundry and then I was still able to go out and things started to feel better, which was really cool. So I was kind of passing it off like maybe this is all in my head. Um, you know, I, I was still thinking. I wasn't really a believer. I was always interested in these types of stories. I just wasn't always a believer because I've never seen anything. Nothing's ever happened to me. But one day, while I was cleaning up and I was vacuuming, uh, I got to my couch and I'm like, you know what, I haven't vacuumed under here in a few months, so let's just move the couch and I'm going to start vacuuming. Under the couch, I found a piece of tin foil that was all wrapped up and it looked burnt. I'm just like, uh, I didn't put that there. 
Um, what the heck is that? I took the piece of tinfoil and I unwrapped it really gently, and inside it looked like the remains of burnt stuff. I can't tell you exactly what it looked like, but it looked like burnt flowers, burnt spices. It smelled horrible when I opened it up, and uh, I was I was just like, what the hell is this? I just literally went outside, threw it out to the nearest trash can, and went back upstairs. Uh, and just kept on trying to figure out how that would have gotten there. Another few weeks passed by and everything was okay. I started to feel really good and everything was well and I was talking to my friend about it and I told him about the piece of tinfoil that I found. And something clicked in my head and I remembered that just before all of this started happening to me and just before I started feeling tired and all of that, the old lady from downstairs had asked me for the keys for my apartment because she had somebody coming in who was going to be working on the pipes. So without thinking twice, I just gave her the keys for the day. Not thinking twice that she may have come up and put something under the couch. It's just too weird for me to think that it was the couch that I was drawn to, the couch that I would pass on, out on, and where things may have happened. Uh, yeah, so that's my story. It's weird. Um, not a lot of people I've told it to, other than my friend who did help me to clean the apartment and to try and rid this of happening again. Uh, there's about three other people I've told, and they've all thought I was just crazy. I've decided to let the world know, and perhaps somebody out there has the same type of issue or has had the same type of issue, and maybe this could help them as well. Needless to say, I did move out. Uh, I gave my one month notice. <laughs> I was out. I don't know that I'd do a whole one month. No, I think I'd be done. The life-sucking old lady can just deal. The what? The life-sucking old lady? Yeah. There's a sentence you never thought you'd have to say out loud. No. Here, have some butter cookies. We can watch some reruns of Gilligan's Island together and yeah, just let me suck all the energy out of you. He just just goes to show you sometimes you just can't guess what they're what people are up to. Real ghost stories online. Hey Jenny, this is John from Virginia again. I told the story of the ghost tournament and the last one I called in was about the haunted marina. Um, I guess you guys didn't get my, my other story due to some bad audio or something. Usually when I call, I'm driving, and uh, it gives me time to actually be able to uh, to enjoy the podcast and listen to it and uh, and try to share uh, some experiences that I've had. Um, but the story that I would called in uh, about, uh, actually a couple of them were, um, one was a story um, that I told, and the other was a, a question about shadow people. And so I'll start with that. Um, my family has kind of been through a lot. Um, uh, first of all, my, my parents uh, lost my brother at a young age due to um, to cancer. And uh, we've always kind of felt like there was kind of a, a presence that was warm and kind of looking over us. But in my basement of my parents' house where I grew up, I always felt like there was something dark there. Um, and as a kid, you know, that can be kind of common. Uh, but my mom has, 
has told me over time that she was always afraid of the dark after my brother passed because she felt like it was something there trying to feed on her grief. And um, she felt like when they lost him, it was like this depression and this darkness and this, you know, these feelings that would kind of wash over her. So she would stay up at night, um, which is kind of weird because that's the way I grew up with her. Uh, she would not be sleeping and I couldn't sleep. So uh, we would actually kind of spend time together, you know, watching shows or whatever. And I was kind of a night owl as a kid. And growing up, um, became a musician. So who, who knows? But uh, anyway, these, the last thing that she told me just a few weeks ago is that um, she's seen some shadow people in the home. And um, that's disturbing because I really don't know where I weigh in on shadow people. Um, some people say they're just observers and they just see them and they cohabitate with them in their, their homes. And I don't know. Um, and then I've had, you know, other stories that I've heard you guys, uh, people call in and, and talk about, um, you know, waking up and seeing a shadow person, you know, with a knife or with uh, glowing red eyes or feeling like, you know, bad things from them. But, the last experience that my mom told me that I'm a little worried about was that, uh, you know, she's not in good health and my dad is not in good health. And, um, every year, you know, they, um, their, their health declines a little bit more. And, and so I was in checking on her after a recent hospital visit and she was uh, saying that she was kind of, in and out and she felt like she was having chest pain um, and the doctors had prescribed her um, with the nitro pill to take in case of she was having an emergency uh, you know like a beginning of a heart attack to kind of kind of help her out and she said that um, she was in bed and she started having this feeling like pressure and she couldn't breathe and she couldn't find her her medicine her pills and she said that she looked up and there was a little girl that she'd never seen before and didn't know who this person was. And um, she was standing at the foot of the bed and pointing to the dresser underneath some papers and bills that she had gone through. And there was her, her little tablet bottle that had the nitro in it and she was able to find it. But in her state, she was unclear of where to find it and she was kind of getting hysterical and and then this thing came to her and showed her that and um so she she was kind of confused by that and then that night uh, my mom's very religious she you know, she can't leave home she that kind of stuff so she watches you know tv preachers and things like that but she does read her bible at home and she's a very spiritual woman um and she said, you know, that day she was just kind of thanking, you know, God and, and saying her prayers and her blessings for, for whatever was sent to her, guardian angel or ghost or whoever, whoever it may be, um, thanking them for, you know, getting her through that spell. Um, you know, of course, uh, nothing that, you know, was really you know, wrong or anything. She didn't have to go to the hospital or anything like that, but she was just having some some um, residual effects from her 
previous heart attack. But then she said uh, while she was doing these things and reading her Bible that she saw a black uh, person, you know, a, a ghost type of apparition that she could see through in the hallway kind of go by the doorway and go into the wall where they've done some work in their home and uh, they kind of turned two bedrooms into one room and eliminated the doorway. There used to be a room there, and she said this thing just kind of went into that doorway. And then she said it came out of um, the corner of her eyes. She's seen out of the corner of the room a shadow person that was really tall and blacker than black, like everyone else describes it walked over to her bed and she was scared and was praying and holding her cross and she said it lifted the sheet on the bed like it was going to get in bed with her or on her and she said when she did she said she felt like her will and her power and what she was trying to do almost escaped her like it was pulling you know her faith away from her almost and it was going to try to climb into her like it was lifting the sheet and going to just slide into her body or or into bed with her um and she said she felt like it was going to do her harm and it scared her really bad as she didn't you know she doesn't like talking about it to anyone and and um she told me this and in confidence and that kind of thing and and it Knowing what I do know about some paranormal things and listening to you guys show and all the ex, you know, the people that know more about these type of things than others, uh, I still don't know about shadow people. And from a recent vacation, I, I purchased a cross that had been blessed with holy water and had prayers said over it from a, uh, you know, from a priest and, and I gave it to her and she's wearing it now and she says she hasn't had any um, any other events but uh, I just wanted to get you guys um, opinion on that and and I'll call back later with uh, with some other stories um, because most of all of mine were actually pretty nice and uh, and helpful and I know Jenny likes those stories rather than the, uh, the scary one that I had this is the only one that I had was really kind of freaking me out was the, the Haunted Marina, but all the others were actually very helpful or, or kind of, um, you know, kind of, kind of neat or, or um, interesting in, in that matter, not scary. But uh, thank you guys for the show. Awesome. Um, getting ready to become an EPP. Um, as a musician, don't have a lot of extra dough to throw out, but um, I think it's the content that you guys provide is, a bunch and, and it's worth it and um, that's one less cheeseburger that I'll be buying in the month so thanks again and I appreciate it and look forward to more shows bye thank you for your call I'm wondering if she's seeing more things now after she had her heart attack that seems to happen. You hear that quite often where somebody goes through some sort of life-altering event, whether it be a heart attack or a major surgery or mm-hmm. something, something life-altering. Yeah. And that seems to sometimes open up that gateway. Real good.
Ghost Stories Online. Kara writes in, I used to work in a residential treatment facility for teenage girls. It was originally run by Catholic nuns, but had been taken over by the state, which uh, with oversight from the Catholic Church. Specifically, I worked in the mo- with the most severe, mentally challenged, highest level younger girls. Their ages were from 14 to 16. I worked third shift, which meant watching over the girls uh, as they got ready for bed and as they slept, and I woke them up in the morning for school. I came to work one night, and a huge hubbub was going on with all the staff. It was announced that we would be receiving a very young girl for our dorm. Even though the cutoff is 14, this young lady was 12. Her background was so severe, chaotic, and unreal, the powers that be felt she was in severe enough distress that she would benefit from our program. Part of this poor thing's background was that she had been born during a satanic ceremony. I kid you not. Her mother mother was the high priestess of this group, and by virtue of being her daughter, the young lady would also be the next high priestess of the Covenor cult. Now we would hear crazy stories of uh, of our girls' backgrounds quite often. Some you had to take with a grain of salt, but this young lady's birth during a satanic ceremony was videotaped as part of the vetting process. The therapist watched this video. It was explained to the staff who will be working with her, some segments from the birth ceremony, so we might have a greater understanding of the severity of her background. I just know it was horrific. What this newborn went through in her first moments of life, apparently being the next high priestess, caused her to go through further horrors in her short little life to prepare her for the role of high priestess. This young lady was such a sweet little girl and quickly became close with my third shift co-worker. They bonded immediately and my co-worker became what we, re- what we refer to as her safe staff. The one staff she could always turn to. No matter how much trouble she might cause or get into, that staff would always be there for her. Even as sweet as this little one was, she was in a re- residential program for a reason. When she would have a bad day, she could turn into a demon child. She would scratch, bite, kick staff. She would scream and just create chaos from her frustration. What most of the other girls would do. One night, we got to work after this kiddo had been going through a pretty intense bad day. She was still raging when we arrived for our shift, and she seemed to escalate uh, at the staff, uh, at the sight of her safe staff. However, my co-worker was finally able to calm her down enough to fall asleep. But as the night progressed, we both noticed darkness to the dorm, more so than usual. There was heaviness in the air and just a pall over the campus. Other staff even called us to ask if the environment just felt odd, which we agreed it did. Every 15 to 20 minutes, we had to do bed checks just to make sure everyone was sleeping safely. But we noticed each time we go down the hall to this young girl's room, the hall was much darker than usual. We checked the few lights we kept on to see if Annie had blown out. Ironically, the light outside of this young girl's room was in fact blown, and we could not get another bulb to work in the socket. Each time we changed the bulb on this particular night... It would blow as soon as we started to walk away. We tried three or four different new light bulbs, each one blowing. We finally just left it for maintenance the next day. During the 3 a.m. bed check, yep, 3 a.m., my coworker called me down to the door of this young lady. She asked me to listen. And as we stood there, we could hear what sounded like an animal grunting. 
We stepped into the room and realized it was a young lady making the noise as she slept. It sounded like my dogs when they began a low, guttural growl. Both of us noticed a chill in the room and became very uncomfortable standing by her bed. My co-worker headed back up the hallway for our desk, which sat in the middle of the hallways. Next thing I know, she has gotten the holy water. Remember, this facility was overseen by the Catholic Church, so each dorm had several vials of holy water and rosaries. And the rosary that we keep in our staff desk and poured a line of holy water outside the doorway. We stood there for a while, listening to the growling sound, but finally went back to the staff desk. For the rest of the night, we do bed checks together. Usually, this particular little one would get up several times through the night to use the restroom, but this night she did not. We chalked it up to being worn out from her rages. However, when it was time to get the girls up, my coworker and I went to get this little one up. Again, we went together. She was very slow getting out of bed and actually stopped at the doorway and refused to leave her room. She would not cross the threshold where the holy water had been poured. My my co-worker did everything she could trying to coax the little girl out, but we could not get her to cross the threshold. She just stood there inside her doorway, refusing to leave. So my co-worker brought breakfast to the girl's room, gave her extra attention, and tried to calm her down, and finally carried the little girl out of the room. We had a few other odd, strange incidents with this young lady, but this was the most disconcerting Thanks for your wonderful program. Really enjoy. And yes, I've subscribed. Have a great day. Do you think that little girl has any chance of ever leading a normal life? Um, things like that, I think there's ways of it being reversed. I, I, I think it's going to be fairly in-depth and hopefully someone can intervene in her life and help her reverse some of that to, so she can lead a normal life until... Whatever the hell it is that's attached itself to her uh, is reversed. No. Yeah. No. It's she's she's pretty well screwed for lack of a better term until this is addressed properly as more than a mental disorder. Yeah. Because I I think this is a case where there's certainly the girl has mental issues because of what she's gone through. Anyone would. So there's that. It's not all paranormal, and it's not all psychological. It's a combination of the two here. And I think both need to be addressed. Okay. Your thoughts? No, I agree. I just, I'm not even sure without the, you know, whatever has attached itself to her, not even counting that part, just the psychological damage. Well, that, I mean, that will never, I mean, that's going to exist. I I thought you were just referring to you know, the fear of the holy water or, you know, that sort of things. I just meant her as a whole. I Oh, sure. No. I mean, she's yeah. scarred for life. Yeah. I mean, a lot of therapy, you know, can she can she lead a productive, normal, somewhat normal life? Sure. I think with enough counseling and medication and and getting on maintaining that throughout her life. Positive role models. Positive. Yeah, sure. I mean, there is certainly a path whether or not she gets on that path or is led to that path that's a whole other story people that would do that to a child should be executed yeah they should just find anyone who's trying to do that and like oh you so you did a satanic ritual when you and you've taped it and you're okay we're gonna put you in this room over here and we're just gonna shut the door and turn the oxygen off (laughs) real 
Ghost Stories Online. Says, this is a family story told to me by my great aunt, Kasia. It started in Poland, where my great-grandmother, Anna, and her sister and great-aunt Catherine were born. The family was very poor and recently had lost their husband and father through an illness which resulted in his death. This left the mother, Sophie, no choice but to take a position as a laundress with a wealthy family in town. The son of the wealthy family forcibly raped Sophie. When it was discovered she was pregnant, the rich people paid one of their farm workers, Andrew, to marry Sophie and give them tickets on a ship bound for America. They settled in Pennsylvania. This little family remained quite poor. Sophie took in washing, and Andrew worked in a slaughterhouse nearby. Andrew was very nasty, a very mean person. He was a drunkard, uh, and one who bought drink instead of providing for the family he now had. Luckily, the slaughterhouse scraps he brought home kept them from going hungry. Catherine was the eldest daughter, was constantly... Uh, the sounding board for, for Andrew's wrath, drunken tirades and demands, sometimes taking her by the long braid she wore and beating her mercilessly, uh, as well as beating Sophie. The abuse grew worse when Catherine was 12 years old. Andrew began to sexually abuse Catherine at that time. The misery continued over five years. Catherine gave birth to a son, a product of this abuse. This may have continued indefinitely, if not for the sudden death of Andrew. Andrew had been walking home one stormy evening and in a shortcut out of the rain decided to go through a grove of apple trees where he was struck by lightning and killed. This happened with Catherine who was 18 years old. Many years later, almost 50 years later, Catherine was married happily for 30 years. Her children were grown off on their own while she was happy with her life. The shadow of the past kept troubling her, haunting her throughout her life. She could never push those awful memories away. And being a strict Catholic, Catherine was always taught to pray for those who had harmed her. She could never pray for Andrew. One night, a strong storm with hail and lightning and thunder crashing woke Catherine up from her sleep. She tossed and turned, but could not fall back into slumber. Fearing she'd wake her husband with all her tossing and turning, she decided to go downstairs and get a shot of whiskey, and maybe that would help her sleep. I must stop here and tell you I remember this house because it was a huge and spooky house. As a child, I would go and visit Aunt Catherine, and many times the grown-ups talked in Polish, so that left us bored. As kids, we wanted to snoop around the big old home, but we were afraid. If we had to use the bathroom, we had to go upstairs where they had the old pole chain toilets and tons of antiques all over, which made it smell old and look kind of creepy. Needless to say... We held our water at Aunt Catherine's house. I was not afraid of her, though, and loved to hear her stories. She was thought odd by the family because she told fortunes and interpreted dreams and such. I thought she was just grand. Now, on this particular night, Catherine was cold and agitated and quite tired, although she couldn't sleep. She hadn't turned any lights on because the lighting was so intense and frequent it was lighting her way through the house. There's a very large, old-fashioned kitchen with a walk-in pantry and mud porch attached. You could look straight through the outside door and the door from the mud porch into the kitchen through two panes of glass on two separate doors. Catherine went into the pantry and poured herself a shot of whiskey, then took a second. It sounded like all hell was breaking loose outside, and she went into the kitchen to peer out the doors. 
The lightning flashed, and there on the mud porch, only a pane of glass away, was her stepfather, Andrew, in a black shadow. She did not see his features, although she knew it was him because he wore a cape and top hat. The figure she saw was dressed this way, and she knew it was him. She backed away so fast she fell. After scrambling up onto her knees, she looked back through the door just as the lightning struck again, and he was gone. She was on her knees and scared half to death and started to pray. Getting up, she went back to the kitchen and upstairs, turning lights on along the way. Her first thought was to wake her husband. By the time she got to the doorway of the room, she changed her mind, thinking she must have been mistaken. He couldn't have been there. She just got spooked, that's all. All the while, the storm was raging outside. She climbed into bed, and once tucked in, her eyes traveled to the triple set of windows across the room. A sudden flash of lightning lit up the whole room. Just as quick as the thunder crashed, the lightning struck again, and this time revealing her stepfather's form standing in front of the windows. Catherine could not cry out. She couldn't move. All she could move were her eyes as she watched him come towards her. He didn't walk. He sort of floated or glided slowly to the bed. Catherine watched while he bent over her. And as he did, the light from the hallway shined on him. Then she saw his face, which was wet with tears, not rain, tears. Suddenly, she wasn't afraid anymore. He bent over her. Catherine watched as he brushed her forehead with cold lips. When he started to rise back up, a single tear fell from his face and hit her cheek. He backed away slowly just as weightless as he had approached. He never turned around, and when the lightning flashed again, he went backward in a sort of falling motion right out of the window, and he was gone. I have to think that he was remorseful. Can a ghost be remorseful? I would think so. Maybe it's one of those things, once you're dead, you kind of got to make amends to things if you're going to move on. Yeah. Uh, and show remorse if that's what it takes. How'd you like that for your family history? <laughs> it's very detailed, very well written letter. Yeah. I mean, uh, could you, I mean, so tell me about your family. Well, thanks for listening to today's encore presentation of Real Ghost Stories Online. Some great real ghost stories from real people. If you want more real ghost stories, brand new real ghost stories, become an EPP that's an extra podcast person. You get bonus episodes sent directly to you every single week. And right after you sign up, you get an email with uh, 23 bonus episodes you've probably never heard right there for your listening enjoyment and binge ghost listening. It's only five bucks a month, and that five bucks goes to uh, all of our costs of producing the show and keeping it uh, going. So uh, if you like the show, support it and enjoy the uh, the perks that come along with that. Sign up at realghoststoriesonline.com. For Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.